0: Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David E We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8, it says that, For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8 says that, Verse 9, I'm sorry. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar people. Holy nation, a peculiar people. That is, you show for the praise of him who sinned, who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous, in marvelous. We are the sons of light. and We are a holy people. We are a holy nation called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise the Lord. And so in Second Corinthians chapter um, 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says this be ye not equally yoked, uh, be ye not equally unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion has light with darkness? We are the children of light. We have been called into his marvelous light. Amen. And we are a holy nation. Remember that the holiness of the believer or the believer's holiness called into um the marvelous light says that and verse 15 says that and what concord has Christ with Belial and what part has the believer with the infidel that's an unbeliever and then verse 16 says that and what agreement has the temple of God we are the temple of God thank you Jesus has the temple of the living god uh, what agreement has the temple of god with idols for ye are the temple of the of the living god hallelujah we are the temple you are the temple of the living god you are god dwells in you you are He said don't you know that you are the living the temple of the living god and that the spirit of god dwells in you i think first corinthians chapter 6 let me just go there and come back first corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 it says that what know ye not that your body is the temple the Holy Ghost, which is in you, that's who dwells in you, which ye have of God, that you have received the Holy Spirit of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are purchased with a price. Therefore, because you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body, body not just your spirit in your body glorify god in your body and in your spirit which are gods so your body is god your spirit is, it belongs to god your body belongs to god your spirit if you are born again if you are a believer then a believer does cannot do anything at all behave any anyway at all choose whatever no it's it's not it, it's not a sign of a, a genuine sign of a true believer he says that you have been purchased of God, bought of God. We are bought by the blood. Hallelujah. We have been bought by the blood of the lamb. And he says that we are the you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the spirit of God dwells. He said, don't you know that? Don't you know that? You are holy. You are sanctified. You are righteous you are you are a holy a peculiar people even though we look ordinary and normal as everybody we are peculiar hallelujah so it says in first corinthians chapter second corinthians chapter 6 verse the verse number uh, verse 16 and what agreement has the temple of god with idols for ye are the temple of the living god as god has said i will dwell in them I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my like people. Wherefore, come out, come out from amongst them, and be ye separated. Come out, there must be a clear distinction between us and those who are not in church, those who don't believe. There must be a clear distinction, there must be a uniqueness, so long as Our righteous acts, our behavior, righteous behavior is our concern. But it is is a problem if believers are lying, lying just like unbelievers. Believers are fornicating just like unbelievers. What is the difference then? (laughs) Don't you know you are the temple of the living God? You, You can't be like everybody. You can't. You can't be like you used to be. He said, be ye separated. 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse um, 17. He said, wherefore, because of this, because you are the temple of God, because you are in light, in the light, and because God lives in you, he said, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty. Uh, you are born again already. Are you not a son of God? You are. But he said, why is he saying that, Then I I'll I will, and I'll be a son to you? Here he's trying, I was sharing this with some people yesterday. What he's saying here is that he has to be able to play his fatherly role properly in your life. But because of your, uh, our behavior, or because of the behavior, because of lack of consecration, because of Lack of sanctification, because of lack of holiness, because of lack of righteous works, it is blocking God from being able to play His role in your life as a father, answer your prayers, uh, cause His promises to be fulfilled in your life the way it should be. Is because of the lack of righteousness, and because of contamination with the world, because of amalgamation with the world, because of oneness, koinonia with the world, interaction, being partakers of of worldliness. The worldliness is blocking me from playing my role as a father in your life. Righteousness is what I'm talking about. Holiness is what I'm talking about. Be ye separated. Be ye separated, be ye separated. In Peter, Second Peter, chapter two. Those of you who have been following the teachings, you remember in our previous teach, set of teachings, I was speaking about the way, and I spoke about how it's a way, the way is also the way of truth, the way of salvation, the way of peace. And one of the things I said which I promise I I will have to touch on it is in first Peter or the straight way. and then one of the things I said I' will touch on is in first Peter chapter second Peter chapter two verse twenty one it says that for it for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness so the way is the way of righteousness for it would have been it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. So to stay in the way of righteousness, you are here and practice the commandment delivered unto us. Once you become born again, let me explain this whole righteousness thing. Bible says that we are not saved by our works of our own works, not of our works of righteousness. In Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, it says that for by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, should boast. So we are not saved by our works of righteousness. But may I submit to you, we are going to be judged and rewarded by our works. We are not saved by our works, but we will certainly be judged and be rewarded by our works. In Revelation chapter 22 verse 12, he said, Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me, to give everyone according to his works. So the reward is based on your word in works. In 2 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10, he said, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and everyone will give an account of what he has done in his body, whether good or bad. So we are going to give accounts to what we have done. So even though we are not saved by what we have done, we are saved by the grace of god through our faith in christ so it, it doesn't take our own righteousness to save us according to philippians 3 um nine, said that i might not i might be found uh, i might be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law but the righteousness that comes by faith in Christ Jesus so we are not saved by works but we are certainly judged by works when we talk about right, the righteousness of the believer the righteousness of the believer, of the christian we have two aspects of the righteousness of the believer now the first aspect it's the the objective righteousness which is a righteousness that exists by virtue of uh, what christ has done so you come into christ it's not your righteousness that saves you but we are saved by his righteousness bible talks about there that is called the righteousness of God so in in Romans chapter 3 verse 22 it talks about how the righteousness of God romans 3 22. It's, it's it's says even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of G- of Jesus Christ, unto all unto all and upon all that believe for there is no difference. So the righteousness of God is by faith of it's a righteousness of God. Remember Romans chapter 1 verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To the Greeks first, to the Jews, sorry, to the Jews first, then to the Gentile. Then verse 17 said, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Okay, or oh, and I will say uh, from faith uh, by faith from first to last. So the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God. It has not got to do with what you have done, but it's got everything to do with what He has done. In Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one, He says that for He made Him He who knew no sin. To be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of Christ or of God. So we, He took on our unrighteousness, or He became sin. Let me read it. For He had He He uh, for He has made Him to be sin for us, who knew no sin. Christ knew no sin. Why? That we might be be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Once you come in Christ, you have received the righteousness of God. And in theological circles, it is called righteousness extra nos. It's a Latin word to mean Or It comes from the Latin, which means that righteousness outside of yourself. Another way to say it is alien righteousness. You are saved by an alien righteousness. You are not saved by a personal righteousness. You are saved by an alien. Righteousness, that is... From outside of yourself. It is a synthetic righteousness. It is a righteous, kind of like an artificial, it's not a righteousness you possess intrinsically, but it's a righteousness that Christ gives to you. So you appear before God saved. When you put your Faith in Christ, you are justified by faith in Christ Jesus, and you look like you have been doing right all along. No, is he has been doing right all along. In Romans chapter 8, verse 3, talks about for the, uh, the, what the law could not do in the flesh, in that it was weak to the, to the flesh, God sending forth his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of God might be revealed in us. Let me read it. I always like to read the Bible, you No, know? it says that for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for this, for, uh, and for sin condemns in the flesh. Watch the verse, verse four, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now there's a particular righteousness that is supposed to be fulfilled in us. And, So, this is very interesting. I'm I'm going to get slightly technical here. Now, we are saved by righteousness. Okay? Another way of putting it, theologically, all right, it means we are saved by works because it takes certain works meeting the requirements of the law, the works of the law to save anybody. But when it came to us, we couldn't meet it. So, our righteousness, our works could not save us. So, we are saved by the works of Christ. All right. So the righteous works of Christ is what saves us. So we come in not based on our own righteous works, but we come in based on his righteous works. That is called good news. Hallelujah. That is the good news of God. So we are saved. So here it talks, it talks about that the righteous requirements, that the righteousness of the Lord might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So the righteous, we are saved by by the righteousness of Christ, and then we begin to continue now that's where I'm going. so now objective righteousness in first Corinthians chapter one verse thirty, it says that Christ, who is our righteousness is, the, is, to, is to us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification. So when you are in Christ, you already have righteousness. and I think in jeremiah um thirty three fifteen or so it talks about how Christ, our righteousness, 14 and 15. Talk about God, our righteousness. So we have righteousness. When, when you, that's what makes us a peculiar people. That's what makes us a, a, you are a chosen generation. We are chosen generation because we are righteous in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that righteousness by which we are saved is not our own righteousness. It's the righteousness estranos. It's righteousness outside of self. It's righto, alien Righteousness. However, our justification and our, our redemption is judicial. So you didn't do, well, how come you are being saved yet? So it looks like you are a sinner and yet still righteous before God. How can a sinful person like you be justified, be, be, be classified? Justification means classified as righteous. <laughs> so just as if you haven't sinned, how can you, a sinner like you, Come before God, clean and justified, just as if right, just as if you have never sinned. So it is, uh, and that and and still watch this, and still that righteousness with which you come to God, it is legal, it's legit, it's legitimate, it is judicial. So it's a judicial redemption. Our redemption is we didn't do anything, but He did it and saved us, and it's, it's right before God. And so it's like. Um, there's a Latin word uh, today I, I'm bringing quite a few words. The Latin word, which uh, in the Reformation they, they came out with, is um, simul justus e peccator. So at the same time, just and yet faulty. In, impeccable means something that is without fault. Impeccable so it comes from a Latin word, peccator. So to, to have to be peccator, impeccable, impeccable. So peccable is from peccator, faulty. And it says that simul used to simultaneously, that's the simul is the word we get, the Latin where we get the word, simul, simultaneously, at the same time, okay? So simulustis, this means justice, justis mean just, justis mean we have been justified, okay? So simulustis, e, e is end, a e, peccator, so you are just and at the same time faulty. It, this is only God who can do it. God can look, pick a sinner like you, and you haven't become... Clean in yourself or uh, perfect in yourself, and yet he declares you righteous. Upon what grounds? On the grounds of what Christ has done. That is Christianity. On the grounds of what Christ has done, not what you have done. Now, this brings me to the next point, the second aspect of the uh, righteousness, which is the subjective righteousness so it is the objective righteousness that saves us but after we are saved we is it's a journey once we are saved and you are on the way you must be in the way of righteousness you must now begin to bring fruits of Repentance, fruit worthy of repentance, according to uh, Matthew and according to Acts, fruit worthy of repentance. You have to produce fruits of repentance. Nowadays, the 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 problem is there are people who are in church, but church is not in them. There are people who are supposedly saved, but they don't have any fruits of salvation, fruits of righteousness. There are no fruits of repentance. How can you be saved without fruits of repentance? Without demonstration? It's not like you have to prove anything, but it is, it is just, it's just, it's, it's like, when you see a woman, you know this is a woman. Even the bones of a woman is different from the bones of a man. When people die and later go and assume their bones, you know that this is a woman's bone, this is a man's bone. If they extract blood from me, and they extract blood from a woman without seeing us, they will know this woman's blood. The woman, the, even the blood, scientifically, the woman is woman in the blood. The man is man. The bone is the same thing. So it's a bone it's, it's a, a woman's bone is different from her. Not that the structure, but it's just, scientifically, the woman, in the same way, when you see a woman coming, sometimes you just can't tell. Look at the build, the body build. You can't, so if you're a woman, it, it begins to show naturally. If you are born again, it will begin to show how come you are born again and there's nothing, no, nothing is showing you. Nothing is showing that you are. You are the same person. You did. You don't have. I used to do this, and now. But Bible talks about how we have been redeemed from our our vain lives. According to First Peter chapter one verse eighteen and nine, 17 and eighteen says that he has redeemed us from our vain lives and vain tradition from our others on from our fathers. We have been redeemed from something. So if you are redeemed now, that is what I'm talking about. there. Objective righteousness is a necessity. Objective righteousness in Matthew chapter 5, verse Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. Look at how Jesus put. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. So somebody says, oh, but I'm saved. It's not a God last me in the way I, I am and all, all that. He will he, he will punish you with the way you are living. <laughs> if you are born again, <laughs> he will come in with, to judge, he'll come and judge us. Oh, um, <laughs> praise God. Matthew chapter five, verse 20 says that, for I say unto you that except your righteousness, what righteousness is he talking about? Except your righteousness exceed, it shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. So he's talking about a certain righteousness and exceeding a surpassing righteousness. Once we are saved by his righteousness, now we also have to bring a fruits of righteousness. So that is the subjective righteousness. We have to produce fruits of repentance, fruits of righteousness. It's the subjective righteousness. So it's important. And and it's in uh, this kind of righteousness, it's In a certain sense, it's... Okay, let me show you. uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 6. It says that concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness, which is of the Lord, blameless. He had a certain type of righteousness. And that righteousness, when you become born again, it must begin to also show in your life. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, I think that it talks about um, we have been saved uh, to walk, the works that we should walk in, which has been ordained, good works to to, to walk in good works, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 talks about how, for we are the workmanship of Christ created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So our works matter after we are saved. Our works don't determine whether we'll be saved or not. But after we are saved, our works matter. That's why when Jesus in Revelation, Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, when he came to the seven churches, uh, church of Ephesus, church of Smyrna, church of uh, Pergamos, church of uh, T- uh, Titeria, church of Sardis, church of Philadelphia, church of uh, La- Laodicea. When he came to all these churches, one of the things that he kept saying is your works. For instance, Ephesians said, I know your works. I know your works. In the church of uh, La- Laodicea, in Revelation chapter three from verse 16, he said, I know your works. I know your works. You are not saved by works, but when he comes, he's observing your works. He observes your work to determine your lot, your portion, your reward. Now, so works of righteousness. Now, in Job chapter 29, I need you to see this. Job chapter 29, verse 14. Job 29, 14. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, George chapter 29 verse 14 says that, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My judgment was as a robe and a diadem. I put on righteousness. That's, that's, that's the ob- subjective righteousness, personal righteousness. It's I put it on. So here you can see that righteousness is like a cloak or like clothes you wear. Righteousness. In the sight of God, our personal righteousness is like a robe. It's like garments, our personal righteousness. It's something you wear. It's like you are wearing spiritually. So in the spirit, there are people who might be listening to me, who in the spirit, they look naked. Naked, or you don't have anything wearing. (laughs) No righteousness covering you. You are born again, yes. So you are accepted before God. So you are justified before God, but no righteous works. No righteous works. No works of righteousness, Hallelujah! I will, I will show you. I will show you. In Revelation chapter three, that's what God, Jesus said to the church of Titeria. Revelation chapter three, verse sixteen. Look at this. It says that. Okay, verse fourteen. He said unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, right? This thing says the Amen. Faith one verse verse fifteen says that I know your works. That's why I said earlier that thou art uh, uh, neither cold nor hot. Verse sixteen. So then, because you are lukewarm, I will speak. Verse seventeen is that because thou thou say, I am rich. And increase in goods and have need of nothing. And you don't know. And know it not thou. And know it not that thou art wretched, thou art miserable, thou art poor, thou art blind, thou art naked. You don't know it. In the realm of the spirit, you look okay physically. But in the realm of the spirit, you are naked. And look, watch this verse, verse 18 says, I counsel you, buy buy of me gold, tried in fire, that thou may be, uh, be rich. Watch this white raiment that that may be clothed because you think you're covered but it, because in the realm of the spirit our garments or our righteous acts are like garments in the realm of the spirit that's what the bible says in the spirit so job chapter 29 verse 14 he says i wore it i put on garments my brother oh man of god oh woman of god Oh, my brother in the Lord, our, our let's, let's, It is it's time. It's about time we put on the cloak of righteousness. Once we are righteous on the inside, we begin to live lives that are uh, 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 lives of righteousness. Righteous acts. Righteousness means doing the right thing before God, the right thing before God and before man. Look at this. Look at this. Matthew chapter twenty-two. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This lockdown is a good time for this, our practice of righteousness. All the time, but this time is a favorable time. May God help us all. Now, in Revelation, sorry, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 11, it says that, and when the king came, this is talking about the king who did a special um, um, dinner, celebration, marriage celebration for his son. And he went, he asked people to be invited. And the original people were not serious. So he said, okay, invite anybody at all. Go to the high streets, highways. And then, so verse 10 says that, verse 9 says that, uh, go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye find, bid them to the marriage. Let them come for my, my marriage dinner. Let them come. A nice reception by a king. And then, so verse 10 says, so those servants went went unto to Went out into the highways and gathered together all, uh, gathered together all, as many as they found, both bad and good, both bad and good, both bad and good, both bad and good. good. In spite of where you are, you can be a Christian, you are, (laughs) let me use the word Christian in that sense. Yeah, Buddhist, come, Muslim, come, uh, 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 Sikh, come, atheist, come, sinner, come, bad person, good person, everybody just come, both good and bad. To be into the house of God, to be part of the people of God, come. So anybody is in, everybody or anybody at all can come and put your faith in Christ and receive. As you put your faith in Christ, guess what? You receive the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. That's the so good news. But he said, watch this. So he said, bid all of them to come. Okay. let Everybody came. So they went and brought both bad and good. And the wedding was finished with guests. People have come to church. (laughs) People have come. Now you are in church. Hallelujah. Born again. Hallelujah. Watch this. Verse 11. And when the king came, the king is coming. When the king came in to see the guest, the king is coming to see the guest. He's interested in who is in. He's coming. When the king came to see the guest, he saw there was a man which had not on a wedding garment. He was not wearing the proper attire, <laughs> and he said unto him, "Friend, how comest thou in the not having a wedding garment?" And he was the man was speechless. He, he was questioned because you are not properly clothed. So you are accepted in the beloved, according to Ephesians chapter one, verse seven. You are accepted in the beloved. Seven to nine somewhere there. You are accepted, it, but how come you are not in the appropriate clothes? So the king came to see the guests. Jesus comes to church. He's coming. The king is coming. Hallelujah. See, the problem with our modern day churches, we are praying like we are entitled for God. to. He's our entitlement. You have to do this, God. You have to do this. And sometimes we are not even interested in his instructions, in his commandments, in his dictates. There are people who believe God must do everything for them, but they don't have to do anything for God. To honor him and bring. They are not true worshipers. Or they are not living like true worshipers. But they are expecting to get everything true worshipers uh, deserve. He said, Come out, come out from amongst them and be separated. You must be. The word separated is the word that is used for holiness or another word, sanctification. Holy. Be ye sanctified is what I'm talking about. Be ye holy be separated. And watch, it. let me finish this and I can move on to something else quickly before we end. Now it says that, in um, verse 22, yeah, sorry, I'm saying chapter 22, verse 12. And he said unto him, friend, how do you come here without proper garment? And, and then verse 23 said that the king said, the king said to his servants who went to bring them, bind this one, hand and foot, and cast him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The outer darkness belongs to the servants of those who are the servants in the house already. Because you know the the story in the parable of the um the servants who their master was traveling to a far country in Matthew chapter 25 from verse 14, and he called his servants and gave them all this all were equal level of servant. He gave them his own proper good to one, he gave one talent, the other one two, and the other one five. And then after a while the master came back verse, after a long verse, 19, said, the master came back. The master is def- definitely going to come back, brother, sister. The master is going to come back. The only thing is you don't know when he's going to come, but he's going to come. He says that he, those who, to those who are in darkness, he shall come like a thief. <laughs> he's not ende- endorsing theft, but, you know, thieves will take you by surprise. May, none of, may nobody listening to me be a victim of theft, theft and uh, robbery in Jesus' name. But he said, he's going to come like a thief. And when he comes, he's going to now give his reward. So watch this. So when the master, said, throw him away. I was talking about uh, the t- five talents, those who, uh, the talents, one, two, five. The one who received one who didn't do anything, verse 29 of Matthew chapter 25. Bible says that, cast him into outer darkness. The other one. So it's not about, these are his seven people who were in inside. So you can be inside. That is what Paul meant when he says that I pressed on so that after I preach to others, me, myself, I will not be a cast away. I run in such a way that I will obtain. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27 to 29. He said that I, I beat my body. I bring my body under subjection. That after I've preached to others, me myself, I myself, I will not be a cast away. And then where it, it talks about um, that I'm a, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. He said that that... I might attain just so I might gain the resurrection, just in case I gain the resurrection. Now that resurrection is already saved, but there is a prize ahead. There's a prize that Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 says that verse from verse 12 tells the one thing that I do, forgetting about what lies ahead behind, pressing on to what lies ahead. That um that I pressed on towards the mark of the price of the high calling of Christ. You know, so pressing on. Paul is the one who said that I'm just putting myself so that after all this, I won't be cast away. Those who will be cast into the outer darkness is what he's talking. You are born again. You are a child of God, but you can be cast into an, an I'm not talking about hell. That, that's a different story. Cast into an outer darkness. I don't want to go too much into that. Now, so why was he cast into outer darkness? Guess what? He didn't have the appropriate clothes. He came for the wedding, but no appropriate clothes. Is it possible we might be invited and be in the wedding without appropriate clothes, and you end up not being in appropriate? What's the appropriate clothes? I told you, I said earlier on that the garments, the believers' behavior, the believers' righteous acts is all our acts is called garments. Look at this in Revelation chapter nineteen, verse seven and eight. Says that let us be glad and rejoice, giving glory to him, giving honor to him, for the marriage of the lamb has come, and his his wife has made herself ready. And watch it to the wife, the wife, the bride of Christ. Remember, is the church, the redeemed people, the redeemed those in the redeemed community. We together are a corporate bride for Christ. And he says that, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed with fine linen, fine garment, fine linen, and watch it clean and white. In heaven, you can you keep seeing white garment, white garment, because it says that come and buy, Revelation chapter 3, verse 18, come and buy white garments from me, and so you can be clothed. So in the realm of the Spirit, you are not clothed. You are not clothed if you are not walking in obedience to Christ, the law of God, the word of God, and walking with the manifestation of righteousness. So he says that, and for the for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Did you see the righteousness here? The subjective righteousness. The fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. So our works is the. That's why the wedding. This same wedding is the one in righteous of the twenty-two where it said, how come you came to the wedding without the without the proper appropriate clothes? The same thing is talking about. You are in church without proper appropriate clothes. We may not know. The pastor may not know, or you can be a church leader no, people may not know, but in, in the realm of the spirit, you are naked. You are naked because of this lack of righteousness. Listen, you are naked. You are are naked in the spirit. And he said, buy, come and buy white raiment of me. White raiment. White means approved. White means clean. Buy white raiment of me so you can be clothed. So your nakedness will not show. You know, I was preaching the other time I spoke about this nakedness and I was talking about sometimes you can be married. And if your nakedness shows because there are some weaknesses in your life that maybe is running through your generations or from your family background. Attitudes that spoil a lot of things that may that nakedness show. Not show in the marriage and ruin the marriage. But for it not to show, you need to be clothed with the righteousness. Hallelujah! The righteousness that comes through the Word of God, obeying the Word of God, practicing the Word of God, engaging the Word of God. That is our righteousness and that's what qualifies us to enter into the joy of the Lord and to Enjoy with the Lord when the, the when the rapture comes, people will be left behind, even though they are born again. Why? Because they are not garments, they are not clothed with the appropriate garments. The righteousness of the saints is also classified as there is in the realm of the spirit, in or before God is the garments our righteous garment is our garment hallelujah may your garment be pure in revelations chapter 22 verse 14 revelations 22 says, blessed are they that do his commandments that that they may have the right okay they may that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter so blessed are they that do his commandments now look at i will read from the NIV and watch this revelations chapter um, twenty-two verse fourteen. Listen to this. Blessed when we read the King James, it says that blessed are they that do His commandments. New King James also says the same thing. But let's see the original Greek. It's it's okay. It's correct to translate it. Those that do His commandment, but it also means the same thing. So those that do His commandment. Look at how what it means in um, another another in other ways. It, blessed are Revelation chapter twenty-two verse fourteen. NIV. Blessed are those who wash their robes. So to do, to do the commandments of God means you are washing your robe. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To, that's the commandment, means the righteous works. As you look at God's word, you forgive those God says forgive. You do not gossip when God says don't gossip. You obey God's word. As a Christian, one of the signs of a genuine Christian is you obey his word. You walk with God. You don't live in sin. You don't walk in sin and stay in sin as if it doesn't matter. Sin matters. Sin matters. Sin matters. It's just stripping your garments off. You are naked in the spirit. That's why sometimes it's easy for the the enemy to target you because you are naked. You are not clothed. You are not covered. And when the blessings of God are coming to you, can't enter to go and take your portion because you are not in the proper garment. Oh God, that you help us by your spirit. In the next session, I'm going to teach on how to be clothed, how to practice consecration, how to practice righteousness, how to practice holiness, um, how to be clothed in the spirit. He said, come and buy. What does it mean to be buying? That's the next session. But this moment, the point is that If you are not walking in the command, obedience to God's commandments, what is the problem? You are naked. You are spiritually naked and really uncovered. And it's not good. Revelation chapter 7 verse 14 says, Revelation chapter 7 verse 14. Hmm. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray someone is being blessed. And I, I said unto him, Sir, Thou knoweth. And he said to me, these are they which came out of the great tribulation and have, and have washed their robes. You see their robes? So behavior, right behavior, righteous behavior, engaging in righteous behavior is the act of washing your robe. Who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Can you imagine? You wash something with the blood, but it comes out white. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. May God help us to keep our garments pure, to keep our clothes white in the spirit. And when it comes to righteous behavior, no one can mark you. We may not know, we may, you may be in church, you may be acting with your brother, brother Mark, brother, brother this, brother John, brother Peter, brother Matthew, brother Andrew, brother sister Mary, sister Theresa, sister, you know, not wonderful, beautiful names. We love you. But the problem is we don't even know that you are uncovered but you uncovered, you will make it into the wedding. The days are evil. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Redeeming the times, for the days are evil. Redeeming the times, for the days are evil. This leads me back to where I started. Peter, 2 Peter, chapter 2. I read it again. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it. Turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. See, they got to know what God was expecting, and they turn from the holy commandment that was delivered unto them. He said, "It's better if you didn't know it." <laughs> turn from. I pray, may God help us. I'm, I can't wait to teach how, because it's not just all just you. There, is, there are things that will help you to be able to keep your garments pure and have a good. So, watch this. But it has happened. Let me read it again. This is very interesting. May I even try there? Okay, let me go to the New King James. Hallelujah! New King James. (laughs) uh, Is that verse 21 of uh, 2 Peter chapter 2? It would have been better for, for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, Turn from the holy commandment delivered from to them. So you knew it and you turned from it. You went your own way. He it says, it's not good. He says, better you didn't know it. Watch this. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. That's what he's quoting. A dog returns to his own vomit and a sour, a hog, having washed to her, swa- uh, so her wallowing in the mare. And, uh, 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 you see, dog returns to the vomit. Takes it, The thing that the dog has brought out, thrown out, he goes to eat it back. He says that the ones who come into Christ and go back to their unrighteous work, is like a dog who has returned to their vomit. It's like a pig who has returned to the swa- uh, wallowing in the mud. The pig externally gets so dirty. Clean it, and it went back. <coughs> and a dog throws out and internally eats the rubbish thing that is not supposed to eat internally. Dog and pigs are classified in Leviticus as unclean animals, and he says that because one of them is the eternal thing, externally dirty; the other one internally. And dogs, Bible says in Matthew chapter seven, verse six, it said, "Don't give what is holy to the dogs." Neither don't, neither, don't cast your pearl, your precious pearl before the swine, before the hog. So, either a dog or a hog, don't give your, the holy things to dogs. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 2, it said, thank you, Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. Beware of dog, the evil workers, constitution. concision, and the bulls of the religious people who are bringing all kinds of dangerous teachings that are not authorized, that are not healthy, wholesome ways. Said, so beware of them. But this scripture classified all of them within the dog, uh, canine, territory, and family. So beware of dogs. Dog returning. Why are you going back to that guy, sister? Don't go. Uh, man, why are you going back to that lady? Why have you started entertaining her text messages again? Why? You are married. Your former girlfriend is texting you and you are hiding and enjoying. Why? Are you not a believer? When you were unbeliever, you were messing up. But now you are a believer, for goodness sake. Why are you still changing figures, dodgy things, doing dodgy deals? Why are you going back to drugs? Why are you going back to drugs? Yes, I know we are saved by grace. But if you don't walk in grace, you end up in disgrace. We are saved by, by grace, not works, but we are judged by works. We are saved to walk in good works, righteous works. Why are you going back to your vomit, man? I know things are, sometimes it's hard. But remember, this is vomit. You have thrown it out. Don't go back. Don't go back. Don't go back and keep your get yourself naked, exposed. Going back is exposing you, man. Going back is exposing you. Look at the number of things God has delivered you from. Don't toy with them. Because Satan is after you again, he will not leave you free. He is determined to get you. He, he is determined that this lockdown, before we are, the lockdown is over, or before the COVID, everything fizzles out. He has got. He has determined to keep you out of church. He has determined to keep you out of fellowship. He has determined to keep you out of righteousness. He has determined to squash and nullify, neutralize, and and rubbish your prayer life. He has determined. He has determined. But you must also, like Daniel, purpose in your heart that I'll keep going, I'll keep going, I'll keep going. Oh, rejoice not over me oh my enemy, Micah, Micah 7, is, for even if I fall, I shall rise. Rise up, rise up, my brother, rise up, rise up. Don't, don't go back to your, your, your vomit. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 15, he said, outside the kingdom are dogs, Revelation, I won't read it. outside, outside, but outside are dogs. Don't cast your, don't give what is holy to dogs. Outside are dogs. He said, beware of the dogs. Outside are dogs. Dog returns to his vomit. Dog will go back to that girl. Dog will go back to that boy. Dog will go back. Don't go back. Don't go back and relax and feel it's okay. I, well, I can't do anything about You can because you are saved. You're saved. You are saved out of your inner man. You can draw strength for your covering. I'll go into that on Sunday. God willing. But, dogs, let me just run it up by talking about holiness. Be separated. First Be, Peter chapter 1. Uh, where should I start? I th- probably, me. Let me just go to all right. Let, let, I'm all First Peter chapter one verse fifteen. It says that, "But as he which called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy.'" In what way can I look like God when I'm not walking in holiness? Holiness is not my from my strength, but once I begin to engage in righteousness, righteous act, it begins to produce works. Or uh, 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 it results in sanctification. Now, in Romans chapter, Romans chapter six verse eleven. Sorry, verse nineteen. I'm sorry. Romans chapter six verse nineteen. It says that I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For for us ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity. Uh, so uh, uh, and to iniquity, unto iniquity unto iniquity, even so, watch this, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. So once you begin to practice righteousness, it results in holiness. Like you then are, that holiness means sanctification. So when Bible talks about something is holy, that means something is different. Is ex- exceptional, it's separated, it's sanctified. That's what sanctification means. So may I submit to you that I'm talking to you about sanctification. Be ye sanctified, we are justified, we are washed by, we have to be we are being sanctified. Now, even when I talk about sanctification, we have um, two aspects of sanctification. We have the positional sanctification. So once you are in Christ, I read earlier on First Corinthians chapter one, verse 30: Christ is our sanctification. Amen. So once you are in Christ, you are sanctified, All right? So Christ is our, san- uh, our sanctification. And not just that. In Matthew chapter 23, Bible talks about how, um, thank you, Holy Spirit. I think I open it here to make it fast for me. Matthew chapter 23, Oh, ooh, all right, let's just, Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 23, verse 17 and verse 19, there's a very interesting discovery there, which I pray will be a blessing. Matthew chapter 23, verse, verse 17 and 19, it says that, Ye fools and blind, for whither is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? Jesus was asking the Pharisees, you fools you are blind, you are religious and blind, you can't see through. What is greater? Is it the gold in the altar? Is it it the offering in the bowl or the church that is greater? Because the sacrifice becomes pure because it is brought before the church. Now, gold He said, the sanctification is not the gold, but the position of the gold is what makes it sanctified. And like in Exodus chapter 30, uh, verse 26 to 29, God told Moses that the utensils, anoint all the utensils so that they can be holy for me. So the utensils in the temple become holy because they are temple utens- utensils. That's what Jesus is saying. He says that, that by virtue of the position of this gold, it becomes, becomes holy. Now look at this. Let me read it again. He says that ye fools and blind, for whither is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold. Verse 19, you fools and blind, for whither is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift. So he's saying that by virtue of the gift being on the altar, it gets sanctified. So positional sanctification, that by virtue of the fact that you are in Christ, you are sanctified. Hallelujah. So it gives you positional sanctification, but there is also dispositional sanctification. Dispositional So, positional sanctification is a result of like being in Christ. It changes your. It changes your approach or your position. You don't take the position of the world. You take the position of God, the position of Christ, because now you are in Christ. So you have changed your position. Now, how about the disposition of sanctification? It is as a result of the Holy Spirit working the nature, the holy nature of God into you from your inner man. It's saturating your inner man with the holy nature. And then from there, because of that, you have a disposition you have an approach towards life, which is not because you are trying to do it, but there is something that is coming from your inner man by virtue of the workings of the Holy Spirit from within that is producing. So it is not so much first a mental exercise as it is a spiritual exercise. Out of the spiritual, out of the overflow from your inner man, the Holy Spirit is working. He says that Paul spoke about by the effectual working of the Spirit. I think Colossians, Philippians 1, 28 29 or something, and then first Corinthians sorry, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 9 or 7, 8 9 talks about by the effectual working of its of His power, or oh, that's Ephesians talk about his power, but Colossians Philippians talks about effectual working of his spirit. He's the spirit is working in you to produce something, I think it's rather Colossians 1, somewhere there, 29 or so, by the effectual working of his spirit. So this. Pro, uh, this works of righteousness is not so much as to, because you choose to do it, even though it is, you you work it, you choose to do it, that's why I say, work out your own salvation. It is it is a result of the working of the Spirit in you. That's why we receive the Holy Spirit. I'll go to that uh, on Sunday. So, but the point is that, dispositional, you, it is, tra- like it's a transformational work that has happened in you. That's why Romans chapter 12 is, he said, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you are transformed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says that we all, as in a mirror, beholding as in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So there's a transformational work going on in you by virtue of the saturation of the, the nature of God's holiness within you, working uh, worked by the Holy Spirit. Or let me just make it simple. <laughs> it's getting too complex now. Dispositional sanctification is also called pro- progressive sanctification. Progressive sanctification is like, look, okay, let me read this. I think it would be good to read the text in 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3. Look at this. 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3 and then verse 7. Thank you Holy Spirit. 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 Verse 3. It says that for this is the will of God, even your sanctification that you should be abstain. Can you see it on the screen? Look at it. It's the will of God, your son, sanct- even to abstain from fornication. Fornication, sexual sin is the is the an idolatry, is like the, the highest or the most of sin of spiritual sin. So let me just say so, abstain from fornication abstain, fornication, the Greek word is ponia. that's where you get pornography from, so all the pornogra- uh, uh, pornographers, <laughs> this one is for you too, okay, you <laughs> say, uh, all right, it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, hey, I'm talking to you, believer, mm. believer, 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 hey, yeah, man, you can do it, yes, receive strength from your inner man, it says that, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Look at verse 7. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He hasn't called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Verse 23 of um, First Thessalonians chapter 5, it says that, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly sanctify, you see the word sanctification here. That means it is a progressive one. Even though we have been sanctified, Christ is our sanctification, we are still being sanctified. The progressive sanctification, the dispositional sanctification, it is what you can also call holiness. And that one, it, it happens with your cooperation. That is why it said, be ye holy. Be for I am holy. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44 and 45. It's God said, be holy for I am holy. In uh, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 2. He says that, and I saw from verse 1, when the king of died, I saw the Lord in this temple. He straight filled the temple. Then he goes on to says that, and I saw the angels, the cherubim and seraphim, and then he says the cherubs, and then he says that um, they, they cry out, verse 3, they cry out, holy, holy. They didn't say loving, 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 righteous, righteous, righteous or the other attributes of God, powerful, powerful, powerful. All the attributes of God are, are summed up in His holiness. He's holy. And they say, holy, holy. So if you are with God, then He calls us also unto holiness. Because like Father, like Son, He's calling us unto holiness, unto holiness. So I've spoken about the objective um, righteousness and subjective righteousness. And I've now spoken about the dispositional dispos- sanctification and dispositional sanctification which is also the same as the progressive sanctification somebody asked me sent me a question said pastor what is the difference between positive sanctification and negative sanctification let me explain that and then and, and when we talk about positive sanctification positive sanctification is when it's a sanctification but it's like you are uh, uh, do what you are doing see the good things you are doing towards God so you forgiving one another loving one another Giving to one another, Take it doing the work—that's positive sanctification. And what's the negative sanctification? It's not negative in nature, but then is uh, abstain from fleshly lust, abstain from fornication. Thou shalt not steal. Uh, don't steal, or uh, don't. Uh, I like the one where it says that, and the servant of God must not strive. All those things are negative. So you are, you are supposed to withdraw and do something, okay? So, negative sanctification is things you are not supposed to do in order to stay sanctified. Positive sanctification is things that you are supposed to do to stay sanctified progressively, amen. And we are going from glory to glory, amen. Progressive sanctification. I pray that God will help us all to remember we have been called unto holiness. May we receive the strength and the grace to walk in holiness, walk in righteousness, because so we don't want to be found unclothed. By the time Christ is coming, we'll be thrown out, you won't be thrown. May you not be thrown out of the marriage lamb of the uh, marriage supper of the lamb. May you not be thrown out, but may you be clothed with white garments. May God help us all to be clothed with white garments. This way it starts from repentance. If your, your clothes are already dirty, wash your clothes. They said those who have washed their clothes with the blood of the lamb, wash white. Revelation seven fourteen. So you need to, we need to wash our clothes. That is why it says that. And the blood of Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. First John chapter one, verse seven and verse nine. It says the blood of Christ is cleanses, it washes us, it's a washing blood, hallelujah. I pray that may God help us all to keep our garments pure and be separated, be separated. Be ye separated and keep your garments clean. Be ye separated and keep your garments clean. In the name of Jesus We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at karis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Karis Ministries. Stay blessed.